This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Wednesday, August 9th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynes, the Guardians uh, win uh, a really an unusual game, one nothing. Uh, Tanner Bybee, uh, seven strong innings. Really, he was the uh, the story of the night for, for Cleveland in the victory over the Blue Jays at Progressive Field. Oh, no doubt about it, Joe. This kid, uh, seven, seven scoreless innings, six strikeouts. Um, he is, uh, you know, he is six and O with a 2.03 ERA over his last nine starts. Um, and, uh, he is, uh, just, uh, you know, he kind of pitched out of a bases loaded jam in that third inning. Uh, his pitch count was up well over 50 at that time, but he kind of reined it in. Uh, you know, he, he he controlled his pitch count after that, got into the seventh inning, through the seventh inning with the with the hundred pitches, and then uh, turned it over to the bullpen. Just a really a great performance. Yeah, the way it started off, it it really looked like uh, you know, and Tito said this after the game, looked like he was going to be five and done uh, because of the pitch count, and because of the way that he worked to get through the first couple innings, but uh, he he really found something. Uh, later in the game with his his, his breaking ball, and uh, it, it just looked like early in the game he was struggling with his fastball command, and later on, he, he when he settled in, he, he got that sort of back, uh, came back in the third inning. Uh, really the biggest test of the game for him there uh, was a uh, bases loaded situation, and he uh, struck out George Springer, struck out uh, Dalton Varsho to end the inning, uh, and, and that really sort of propelled him forward uh, to be able to get through seven innings. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, combined with uh, what uh, we saw Gavin Williams do on Monday, seven scoreless innings. So you got two rookies, uh, you know, two rookie right-handers, you know, that really probably weren't su- weren't supposed to be here, you know, this year. So they combined to go uh, 14 scoreless innings. They strike out 18 batters, walk one. Uh, you know, that's got to make the front office feel uh, pretty good right now, despite their uh, one loss record. Yeah. The only problem is with that is 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 you've got to see this, you know, two or three more times through a rotation uh, consecutively to, to see that they've, they've built that consistency and, and that, uh, you know, reliability that that you're looking for. And that's a lot to ask out of a couple of rookies, uh, three rookies, if you throw Logan Allen in there. So. A uh, lot, lot of questions, a lot of uncertainty remaining uh, over the, the next, you know, 45 games or so uh, for for the Guardians. But uh, the fact that they they they've done it and they've done it against a, a pretty good offense uh, in in Toronto. It's a team that can hit the ball all over the place. Uh, they just haven't in the last couple of days against the the Guardians, and it's uh, you know it's a, a good confidence boost for these uh, these young pitchers as well. 
Yeah, definitely. You know, I think uh, Bybee is really, when you're talking about consistency, Joe, I think he showed it, you know, from probably when his first start in uh, late late April when he came up. Um, you know, I think he's been, you know, every game he's gotten a little bit better. He's gotten, a, you know, he's, he's pitched, uh, you know, into the uh, seventh inning now three times. Um, you know, he's shown the ability to cut down his walks, uh, to control, you know, to, uh, you know, be more efficient. Uh, you know, I think he's a definite uh, rookie of the year candidate right now. Yeah, and uh, does not lack for confidence in, in yes. talking to him after the game. Uh, he just sort of exuded that confidence. And it and it didn't seem like it was uh, a false bravado or anything like that. It just seemed like, you know, this is what he believes in in, 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 his, in himself. Uh, and, and it came out in, in his uh, postgame. You know, when we first started talking to him postgames earlier in the year, uh, he, he sounded kind of un, uncertain, unsure, but whatever. And and now he's he's pretty confident, and it it, it really came across in last night's postgame. Yeah, I, lo- I love that when someone asked him, uh, you know, how did you uh, get your pitch count under control? And he goes, well, I looked up at the pit, I looked up at the scoreboard. It was nothing, nothing, or one to nothing. He re- he couldn't remember exactly what the score was, but it was one to nothing. I'm, you know, because and uh, he said, you know, well, I, and I looked at the number of pitches I'd thrown, and I said to myself, uh, you know, they haven't hit any of those pitches, so I'm just going to keep throwing and uh, <laughs> throwing them. And you know, he kind of locked it in and he goes if i want to get into the seventh inning i gotta stop screwing around and uh, start throwing more strikes and uh you know just be more efficient and you know he that's what exactly what he did and it was it was kind of it was it was kind of cool to hear that yeah and it goes back to what somewhat uh carl willis said uh after monday night's start by gavin williams it says you know you've got to give major league uh, major league hitters credit because they're major league hitters but you don't want to give them as a rookie pitcher too much credit, and 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 you've got to you've got to give yourself some credit and, and and know that your your fastball and your stuff can play at this level because that's that's why you're here. That you wouldn't be there if uh, you wouldn't be in a major league rotation if your stuff didn't play. And and now I think Bybee and Williams both are starting to believe in their stuff and 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 you know not say you know boy I hope this hitter doesn't hit me. Uh, and, and instead stand up there and say something like, you know, this guy can't hit me and and go about it from there. And that's what you're seeing the last couple of nights from these guys. Uh, and, and hopefully these are, are lessons that they're learning that they they continue to build upon through the end of this year and, and remember it as they come back, uh, you know, and want to want a spot next year in the rotation. Yeah, and you gotta like the way you know he pitched in a tight situation. Uh, it's one nothing. They score what they scored in the second inning. Uh, to t- uh, the Cleveland did to take the one nothing lead, and then you know when you they, Cleveland has only scored played four one run games this season. You know they've won two, they've lost two, and the two the two games they've won, Bybee has been uh, the starting pitcher. So that tells you something right there that he can pitch in close quarters, you know, and he can get big outs when he needs them. Yeah, speaking of that one run, uh, it was uh, scored earlier in the game. Uh, Oscar Gonzalez, uh, you say Kikuchi for the um, uh, for the the Blue Jays. Uh, first off, just had an outstanding game. As as good as Bybee was, uh, Kikuchi matched him almost pitch for pitch. He had one stumble in the uh, what second inning, I, I believe it was. Uh, Oscar Gonzalez uh, leads off with a, a 
a, a base hit and Ramon Laureano doubles him home all the way from first. Uh, can I just say Oscar looks like the road runner when he's out there uh, motoring around the bases. He's, he's actually got some pretty good wheels. Uh, Ramon Laureano playing in his first game in, uh, in a guardians uniform. And he goes out there. All he does is drive in the game winning run, uh, make a couple of nice plays defensively in the outfield, uh, including the ninth inning, uh, keeping a runner, at second base, just by the threat of his arm, just by the mere presence of uh, his reputation, uh, his arm in right field. He got under a fly ball to right and, and threw it through to third base. And everybody in the ballpark sort of knew, uh, don't test this guy because, uh, you know, he's he's got the reputation for the big arm uh, out there in right field. Uh, and, you know, kind of a nice, uh, nice introduction to uh, the uh, the Guardians for Ramon Laureano. And, and Hoinsey, all this guy wanted was a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Yeah, the power of the peanut butter and jelly sandwich, Joe. That's, you know, pregame, uh, pregame snack. I don't know if that goes, goes along with the team nutritionist, but, uh, hey, <laughs> keep, keep, keep him coming if that's the way he's going to play. That was, that was a bit, you know, a great, you know, it was a bit, just the, the, the right way a, a new player wants to break into the, to his uh, new team, you know, drive in the game winning run and make the defensive play of the game or help them, you know, help class a get out of that, that ninth inning jam. Well, yeah. And you bring up class a, he's now at 30 saves. He's uh, what I believe tied for the American league lead uh, in, uh, in saves with uh, uh, Felix Bautista uh, and, you know, it, it wasn't exactly a, a clean save, a couple of infield hits that, uh, uh, you know, it, it sort of felt like the, the the wheels coming off the cart again like they did on Sunday uh, when, uh, you know, a, a, a slow chopper passed the mound. Uh, you know, yeah, the, the, the bunt to start the inning that was really nice. Uh, then the, the, the chopper with uh, with two outs that, that got, a, got, a, got the runner to third. Uh, but Class A locked it in and, and took care of business, got the, the fly ball out to end the game uh, and pick up his 30th save. Yeah, 30 saves. That's a big, big number for any closer. Uh, you know, he's kind of reaching in a different way than than last year, Joe. I was looking at the numbers. Uh, you know, last year he didn't get his 30th save until August 27th, but he had only two blown saves. So he's 30 for 32 at that time. You know, he's ahead of schedule this year, but, uh, you know, the road has been a little rougher. 30 saves, you know, 38 in 38 chances, meaning, you know, eight blown saves. Uh, you know, you're throwing 102 miles an hour, but, you know, you're still giving up hits. It's uh, I don't know if the league is adjusted or the hitters are just getting better. But, you know, Class A has never thrown this hard. You know, uh, I can't remember. You know, this is the hardest we've seen him throw this season. And uh, hopefully, uh, you know, he he's he's just hitting his stride again or maybe getting his second wind. Yeah. Last year, it seemed like his saves were more of the the dominant nature, you know, he get out there and, you know, take care of a batter in three pitches or, you know, get the weak contact and it would be a, a ground ball at a, an infielder. Uh, and, and we wouldn't have the, you know, the, the, the sort of follies on the base pass that we've, we've had all season uh, with him on the mound. It just seems like bad luck sometimes where a guy gets just enough of a ball to, to hit a dribbler out in front and that he gets on base. And then, you know, uh, Two seconds later, there's there, there's a hit, there's a walk, there's something. Uh, he's been able to control uh, the the pitch timer situation a little bit better as the season has gone on. 
uh, like you said, his his velocity has gone up uh, a, a little bit as we've seen him uh, better able to execute uh, with the the pitch timer. Uh, and and last night he he pitched his first game after a, a one game suspension for the uh, the fight on Saturday. Uh, he said he just his his agent told him just uh, go ahead and serve it, don't appeal it, uh, get it over with and get it done with, and that's what happened. So he just stayed home and and sort of chilled out and watched the game on TV. Yeah, and uh, you know he said he was he didn't think he should have been suspended, but you know when you go like when you charge around like a bull in a china shop, even if you don't get into the middle of the melee, you're probably going to get suspended. So you know that was wistful thinking, and he couldn't hide with that green and blue hair. So yeah. you know I'm sure MLB picked him out right away. You know, as 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 like he was being restrained time and time again. But you know, hopefully he kind of chilled out. On his uh, suspension, and uh, you know, just uh, enjoyed the game, and he's ready for to you know for the for the bill the bell lap here, the gun lap to uh, finish strong. Yeah, that's uh, I definitely uh, you know good to see him out there and, and look like he didn't miss a beat after the suspension. So, uh, want to remind our listeners uh, to to log on and subscribe to Subtext. Uh, it's the best way to get uh, you know updates on uh, what's going on with player movement, injuries, uh, the roster, and anything that we're learning from the clubhouse uh, in between games. Uh, $3.99 a month to subscribe. You can log on to subtext at cleveland.com slash subtext to, to subscribe there or send a text message with the word subscribe to 216-208-4346, and we'll get signed up that way. Uh, we'd love to hear from you and have a, a great dialogue with our our listeners and our, our Guardians fans who subscribe to uh, the, the subscription uh, subtext service. It's a lot of fun. Uh, Hoinsey, what do you think of, uh, of uh, the defense, the way they've played the last you know couple of games since uh, uh, the, the disastrous result on Sunday with Brian Rocchio at third base? Uh, the last two games he's been at short, and uh, he's looked pretty good there. Yeah, he is, uh, he's a natural shortstop, Joe, and you could see that. Uh, you know, you saw that Monday. We saw it again last night. Uh, he's really, really fluid, acrobatic. You know, he makes that 360 play behind second base like it was nothing. Great arm. Um, yeah, he's, 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 he should be at shortstop. Uh, you know, but th- that presents a problem. You know, what do you do with Gabriel Arias? I mean, Gabriel Arias right now, you know, is playing first base. And, I, you know, with the injury to Josh Naylor and, uh, you know, I don't think Cole Calhoun is is a first baseman. I mean, not, not you know, I, I know he wants to try there and he's, he's you know, he'll give it a, a good effort. But, you know, he's an outfielder. So, you know, I think, you know, right now it looks like uh, – uh, you know, Jose's going to be a third. There's going to be, uh, you know, uh, Rocchio at, at short and uh, Arias at, at first. Maybe it'll switch up from time to time. But, uh, you know, that looks like the best infield defense to me. I don't know about you, Joe. Yeah, I can I can definitely see Rocchio in that spot for uh, at least, a, a, you know, a, a, the next week or the foreseeable future. And, and Arias is really going to have to lock down that, that first base spot. You talk to Tito, uh, the, the word that Tito uses when he describes Arias on defense is gifted. Uh, he says he, he's got a, a, probably the most arm talent on the team uh, from any position, whether it's in the outfield or uh, at shortstop, uh, where, where, which is where I think they, they want to see him the most. But right now, out of necessity, he's going to be at first base. And he made a play 
last night on that 363 uh, double play where, you know, his feet were really good, uh, good, strong throw. Uh, it just looked like he looked, you and I sort of turned to each other after that play and we're like, he looked like a first baseman there. That was, that was really good. So, uh, you know, uh, maybe his best position is shortstop, but uh, he was, he, he really did himself uh, sort of proud there at first base. And, and after that, uh, that double play and the way he looked, uh, Tito said afterwards that that's, that's a good look. And and he's going to have to be there because of the injuries to to Josh Naylor and to David Fry as well. Uh, yeah. Fry went on the uh, the the injured list with a, a hamstring issue retroactive to August fifth. Uh, you know you don't know how long he's going to be there, but you you don't mess with the hamstring stuff. You 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 come back too quick from that, or even the the oblique and and those are issues. So uh, you know both of those guys could be out uh, for a little while longer. It sounded to me like Josh Naylor, uh, you know, is 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 pushing, is trying to get back sooner. Uh, what, what did you hear from Josh in terms of what his oblique injury is? Yeah, he told me the oblique is nothing. He said I I got through my I broke I broke my whole leg two years ago and I got over that. I should get over this oblique, no problem. But I think he's a little wishful thinking there. You know, uh, I like what uh, Terry Francona said yesterday. He, you know, he keeps telling me he's going to be back in three days. I, you know, I do, he said I doubt that's going to happen, but uh, we'll see. Hopefully, you know, it's just like you said, Joe. You cannot mess around with an oblique you get you feel good you come back you take one swing and then you're down for six weeks and then the season is over I mean they got to be really really careful with him make sure he's all right when he gets back and uh, because they yes they need him but they don't need him to spend the rest of the season on the IL yeah and and what's the Josh Naylor that you're going to get back if he comes back too soon and, and even if he doesn't get hurt again uh, you know, what's the Josh Naylor that you're getting back? Is it going to be the guy that was batting 306 with, uh, you know, leading the, uh, you know, top three in the American League in RBIs? I, I, I don't know. It's, it's, you, you've got to make sure you're, you're whole before you, you get back out there on the field. And, um, you know, cause, you know, we've seen what, what Josh Naylor can do for this, the middle of this lineup and it's, it's good stuff. Um, Mike, uh, oh, oh, Mike Freeman. Jeez. Holy cow. <laughs> Living in the past, Twainsy. Tyler Freeman. <laughs> Uh, Tyler Freeman's shoulder injury. Uh, this this comes into play with the Jose Ramirez suspension and not knowing when the appeal is going to be heard, when the appeal could be resolved. Uh, Jose's got a three-game suspension hanging over his head now. Uh, Tyler Freeman would be, uh, you know, a natural fit to come back in and play third base uh, if his his shoulders are okay. Uh, what do we think is going to happen there? And and you know, it sounds like Freeman's close to being. Uh, okay and cleared uh, to get back on the field, but uh, we just don't know right now. Yeah, I talked to Freeman a couple of days ago. He says he's 99.9% ready to go. And uh, like you said, Joe, there's a question here uh, that uh, do uh, d- do the Guardians, you know, when he's when his uh, you know his time on the IL expires this weekend, do they send him out on a rehab or do they keep him? You know, uh, or do they try to, you know, put him right back on the 26 man in case, you know, Jose is is at, you know, th- at that time, you know, 
the hearing is held and he has to serve what the three game suspension or the two game suspension if it's reduced, you know. So, I, you know, they're kind of they've got they're playing a kind of a cat and mouse game right now. They just don't know exactly when the, when the hearing's going to take place. You know, Francona said, uh, you know, they have they have to do it within a month. You know, they've got 30 days to do it. But, you know, it seems to me that they they always try to get these things done as quickly as possible. Yeah, the last time uh, there was an appeal of a, a, a suspension, uh, I, I believe back in, in June, uh, there was a, a Diamondbacks player that uh, appealed his suspension and it was heard within, you know, three, four days. So um, that there's, there's precedent there for it to be turned around pretty quick. Maybe we'll hear something, you know, before the end of the series, before they go out on the road. Uh, that would be uh, an, an ideal situation. Um we talked to uh, Terry Francona yesterday about Andres Jimenez batting in the number two spot and uh, just his productivity there or lack thereof or, you know, what his, his comfort level is. And, and Tito said that, that uh, Jimenez is starting to feel a little more comfortable uh, because uh, the, the pressure and the, the ask is a little different for that number two hitter. Yeah, you know, uh, I think uh, uh, Jimenez told uh, Francona that he feels better. He feels more comfortable in the new number two spot, you know, because the emphasis on that is to get on base. I think when he was hitting lower in the order, he didn't feel as comfortable when he was hitting in the sixth or seventh spot because the emphasis on that position was to drive in runs. So the, unfortunately, he's only hitting 180, you know, going into last night's game since he, you know, replaced Ahmed Rosario in the number two spot. So, you know, if he wants to, I, I would imagine, you know, it would be nice if he gets on base a little more, you know, and, and if he wants to get on base, if that's the, you know, feels, if he feels more comfortable in that spot get on base score some runs let jose and somebody else drive you in uh create some more scoring opportunities steal some bases and you know and go from there all right hoinsey last night uh before the game uh rock and roll hall of famer mike love uh founding member of the beach boys throughout the first pitch at the at the game uh what was uh, what was it for you to see uh, one of the Beach Boys out there on the mound throwing out the first pitch of the the game for the Guardians? I loved it, Joe. It brought me back to I, I went me and my buddies uh, went to see the Beach Boys at Blossom. Uh, God, this was like a hundred years ago, but it was a, it was a great show. I just remember you know that, how cool that was. So he still looks pretty good too for what yeah. 80, 82 years 80, old. Eighty two years old. Uh, I'll tell you. Uh, I asked Tito before uh, before the game if he was a a Beach Boys fan growing up, and uh, he kind of gave me a funny look. He said, "No, nah. growing up in uh, in Western Pennsylvania, we didn't get much surf music out there, so uh, <laughs> you know, pretty cool." Uh, but but ironically enough, one of uh, Tito's most memorable concerts he ever attended was at Three Rivers Stadium. He went and saw Manfred Mann, the Beach Boys, and uh, you know a couple other. Uh, I forget the other the headliner acts uh, in in the band, but he he told the reporters in at spring training that uh, he remembered going to to, to rock concerts uh, at at Three River Stadium. So you know uh, he didn't re- he's not really a Beach Boys fan, but uh, you know uh, he, he's seen them before in concerts. So uh, kind of neat uh, to to see that uh, at the ballpark yesterday. Uh, you know, rock royalty sort of there uh, on on the mound for a minute. Uh, that's going to wrap up today's edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. 
Uh, we'll be back to uh, talk about game three of the series against Toronto uh, on Thursday, and we'll check in with you then. All right, Joe. 